Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. William Schauberg will join us to discuss writing the big book. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, Alcoholics Anonymous is one of the most important recovery movements that has ever existed, but the creation of AA is something of an untold story. And joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. William Schauberg. Schauberg is a scholar and rare book dealer in Fairfield, Connecticut. He's written the new book, Writing the Big Book, The Creation of AA. And Mr. Schauberg, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Well, certainly the history and creation of AA. I'm curious how you became interested in this topic. Well, as a, I became interested in the topic because I'm a rare book dealer, and I, before the book was actually published in April of 1939, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, they two months before that, they did a multilith printing, an offset printing, uh, of some copies for people to review, and I bought one of those copies at auction. I couldn't figure out how, uh, how rare it was. Some people said there was 100 copies, some 200, 300, 400. So I finally got permission to go down to the General Service Office of Alcoholics Anonymous in New York City and delve into the archive. I was looking for the invoice for that printing from February of 1939, which I never found. But I found all this this other tremendous information that um, I was familiar with the AA story. I've got friends and relatives who have been telling me AA stories for years, and uh, and I, the, the stuff I was finding in the archive just didn't quite line up with the stories that I had been told. So I got more and more fascinated and did more and more research. And 11 years later, seven years of those writing, I ended up with this uh, this book on writing the big book, which is what most people in AA call the book Alcoholics Anonymous. What was sort of the biggest surprise you came across as you were digging through these archives and uh, the thing that sort of shocked you? Well, it was surprising to me how much information was there and how much information, just as far as I could tell when I started doing research, had not showed up in secondary literature. So many people who wrote that secondary literature, most of them were AA amateur historians, uh, were, were, were relying on, on the stories that Bill Wilson, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, had told over uh, his long years of sobriety about the early years of AA but, you know, Bill wasn't anything even close to a historian. He wasn't trying to be historically accurate. Bill Wilson was a, a man with this tremendous, tremendously powerful vision of, of uh, saving people from the ravages of alcoholism uh, through a 12-step program. And, and, and Bill, Bill was, was not trying to be historically accurate. He was, he was trying to sell the idea. So stories, uh, messy details got left out of stories, and uh, uncomfortable facts got left out of stories. And Wilson had a terrible memory for dates. And uh, uh, when he pared these stories down to their bare essence, to the message he wanted to communicate, they looked more like parables or myths than, than certainly anything that was historically accurate. And I was amazed at how many of those stories had just become part of the, what I can only consider the urban legends of Alcoholics Anonymous, 
that were uh, starkly contradicted by uh, information I was finding in the archive. So I just I dove into that. It was my second big scholarly project. My first one, I wrote a book on Nietzsche and had similar problems and issues when I was collecting Nietzsche's books. So, uh, so this was my AA uh, excursion that lasted uh, 11 years. How did the folks at Alcoholics Anonymous, did they respond well to the revelations that you had covered? Well, the people in the archives were tremendously supportive. There's, a, there's an archive in New York and Bill Wilson's home in Mount Kisco, and there's archives at the Rockefeller. The Rockefellers were very involved with the early AA, uh, and then Brown University and out in Akron. All those people were tremendously helpful with me with my research. The book uh, is, is, is not, it's going to be out very, very shortly, so we haven't gotten any public reaction to the book yet. I don't really know. I, I mean, like any movement... Like any set of uh, beliefs, there's, there's, there's true believers, there's, there's fundamentalists in any kind of group, and I suspect some of those people are going to be upset by what they read there, but I really, don't, I really don't think there's any cause for that, to tell you the truth. But the story that Bill Wilson told and that other early people told about the origins and the early years of Alcoholics Anonymous uh, was truly a, a, a miraculous story. It was a miraculous story about how a actually hang, hung together and, and, and got to the point where this book was released, the book being the foundation of future success. But uh, it, it seems to me that the story I tell in my book is even more miraculous and inspiring than that. It's a very human story, and, uh, and I, I think it's just, it's just amazing that AA survived from late 1934 until early 1939, what Bill Wilson called the flying blind period, which is really what I write about, uh, to become the movement that it is today. Uh, I spoke with uh, someone down at uh, the AA headquarters a few months ago and asked them, how many 12-step programs are you aware of in the world these days, programs that are not alcoholic-based but uh, but 12-step-based? And they gave me a number that was close to 700. That's a tremendous impact for this one man, for this one book to have. Were there any surprises in how the development of the famous 12 Steps came about? Well, yeah, there was. Wilson always told a bunch of stories about how the steps came about. Um, and he always, uh, when he told that story, he didn't start telling the story until until 1950, I think is the earliest instance I could find of him telling this story, which is, which is, you know, 11 years after the book is released and, and uh, almost 12 years after he actually wrote The Twelve Steps. And he talked about the six steps that they were based on. I was, uh, the chapter about the writing of The Twelve Steps took me longer and was more painful and more difficult than any other because it flew in the face of so many of the things that Bill had said about how the steps were put together and where they came from. And I couldn't find any evidence. In fact, I found contrary evidence uh, for most of those stories that he told uh, a dozen or more years after the fact. Bill Wilson, in my opinion, and I think I make a case for it in my book, wrote the 12 steps by himself, and he based those 12 steps almost exclusively on his own personal experience in getting sober. But it wasn't, that's not the sort of thing that he could say or allege publicly uh, for a number of reasons. So he ascribed it to the joint efforts of the four, of, of the, uh, the 100 men, and just a couple of women uh, who were the original members of AA who had gotten sober prior to the book's publication. Often been much criticism of 12-stepping in general. Do you think this affects a little bit of the promise or the rationale behind Alcoholics Anonymous? No, I think, I think the success of the 12-step program speaks for itself. Uh, I understand that there are people who argue 
about this or that or other aspects of it. Uh, and, 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 of course, arguments always, always a good thing. We, we need to be looking hard at all our basic presumptions and the consequences of those presumptions. But, but the success, uh, Wilson was, was, was a pragmatist. He was inter- interested in what worked. And, and it, it's very, very, very clear that maybe not in universal circumstances, but in millions and millions and millions of cases, the 12 steps have been salvation for just countless human beings. Uh, certainly the, the books had very wide reach. Do you think the story of the movement, the, the ideas behind it, did, did they have sort of this universal appeal? Yeah, I think, I think one of the brilliant things that Wilson did was to democratize and, and to take dogma out of what's basically a, a spiritual solution for your alcohol problem, for your drinking problem. My basic understanding of, of the, the core message of the book and of Alcoholics Anonymous is that if you're a real alcoholic, you have this strange mental twist in your mind. And no, no matter how many, how many psychology sessions you set, spend with your psychiatrist or how many promises you make to your wife or significant others, sooner or later, you, are, you have no defense against the first drink. You're going to pick up the first drink. You've got, you've got this thing that Wilson actually calls in the book at one point, plain insanity. That's all we can call it. It doesn't make any sense at all, but still the real alcoholic picks up the first drink. He's, he's powerless over it. The second premise of AA, as I understand it, is that, oh, there is one thing that can get between you the real alcoholic, and picking up that next drink that you have no control over, and that's a vital spiritual experience. What does that mean? Wilson was very clear on what that meant to him, and he's very clear in the book on what that meant to him. But he did, in fact, put two phrases, uh, the, the phrase God as we understand him, twice in the 12 steps, and that as we understand him, uh, the door on that understanding has been opened wider and wider and wider over the last 80 years, accommodating more and more spectrums of belief uh, in what might constitute a God of your understanding. Um, Some people talk about group of drunks as G-O-D, or great outdoors as G-O-D, or good orderly direction. So I think the, the basic premises of AA are, were couched by Bill Wilson in, in such open language that it was, uh, gave its, lent itself easily to uh, a wider and wider interpretations as, as the decades have unfolded. Who would you like uh, to pick up this book and learn from it? I think, I think AA people uh, are going to benefit, people who are interested in AA's history and, and its background and its sources. I think, I think it's going to be a, a, a major work. It's, it's honestly the first truly scholarly work that's been done on this history since uh, Ernie Kurtz published Not God in the late 70s. But beyond that, I mean, A is one of the, the huge and, and, and hugely successful spiritual movements of the 20th century. And I think anybody who's interested in, in that aspect of culture and in that aspect of man's understanding of his place in the universe has to pay attention to, to how this thing was produced. I mean, we've got all this wonderful information about how this book actually came together. Uh, we don't have that, that, uh, that kind of information on the New Testament, for instance, and, uh, and uh, and, and other really, really important spiritual works, the Book of Mormon, we have, we have some information on that, but nowhere near as much as information as we have on the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And, I, um, and then I, I think any, any kind of person who deals with uh, recovery issues on any level, be they doctors or psychiatrists, 
would profit by reading this book because I think it would give them a much better understanding about who and what AE is and how it operates and what it asks of uh, of its members. The history really is, is very revealing, and you illuminate lesser-known figures in uh, Hank Parkhurst and Frank Amos, for example. Yes, yes. And, and Parkhurst, uh, who was Bill Wilson's, uh, the first man he got sober in New York City in 1935, uh, Parkhurst was like Bill Wilson's, you know, they were joined at the hip for, for four years. And without Hank Parkhurst, quite frankly, without Hank Parkhurst, he was, he was one of the great surprises and discoveries of this research. Without Hank Parkhurst, there never would have been a book, or there wouldn't have been a book in April of 1939. It would have been much later, and it probably would have been a much different book. But the book we got in April of 1939 was because of uh, Hank Parkhurst constantly pushing Bill Wilson and constantly arguing over, with him over what was supposed to be in that book. I'm fond of saying, no Hank, no book. And I'll stand by that. I really think that's true. Uh, a solution is to have a vital spiritual experience. The first version that Bill wrote of the chapter called There is a Solution, the second chapter in the book today, uh, when he tells that story of Dr. Carl Jung delivering that line, the line is not uh, you need to have a vital spiritual experience. It was you needed to have a vital religious experience. And Parkhurst was constantly arguing that the book should be psychological rather than religious. And what, what, I, what I see is clear evidence that he was, that Bill, in fact, did at times dial things back. And it's a perfect example of that phrase. You don't need a vital religious experience. You need a vital spiritual experience. The word religious comes with uh, way, way more baggage than the word spiritual does. And, uh, and it's much more confining and people have much more pushback to it. But uh, spirituality is, is an open thing, and of course, in, in the last several decades, it's gotten more and more and more credibility and more openness, I think, not just in AA, but in the wider culture of the West. And in some ways, I think it's not just the spiritual side, but it's also the community side of the programs as well, as the connection with other people, and especially those going through the, the same types of issues. I, I could not agree with you more. It seems to me that the real magic and secret of AA, as I look at it, is uh, is is the fellowship. It's it's the people. Uh, it's it's the togetherness in a in a project of staying sober that has a life and death consequences for many people, and uh, and there's 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 a power and a strength to that. Uh, personally, I'm 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 a little uh, upset with uh, the trend in Western culture. We've we've gotten more and more individuated and. Uh, one fellow these days calls it hyper-individuation with the cell phones and everything. We're just more isolated and individuated. We are more autonomous. We are more separate in our culture today. And uh, AA is not a, not a separatist uh, solution. It's a togetherness. It's a we program. It's a community program. And I think really our salvation, not only uh, for alcoholics who want to stop drinking, but for people in uh, in, in the West these days, is that we need to have more of that community and communitarian approach, personal opinion. I mean, we could have a whole discussion just on that. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Unfortunately, we are running slightly out of time. I'm just curious maybe to close, be some final messages that you'd like people to take regarding your writing, the big book, and the creation of AA. Well, I've tried to make the book very readable. It, it, it's a much longer book than I anticipated, but, but I, it got longer because uh, there was just so much wealth of information that I just couldn't drive by. It's, it's, I find it to be a really exciting story. 
I mean, anyone who has any idea about the impact and importance of Alcoholics Anonymous reading this thing, it's like there are several times where you just want to, you know, you just want to put your hand up to your throat. You're thinking, oh, my God, they're not going to get through this thing. It's just terrible. In, in June of 1938, uh, after Wilson's written the first two chapters of the book, his wife in her diary says, Bill went out to drink today. They had obviously had a fight. And rather than drinking, he went over to his friend Hank Parker's house. Hank lived in New Jersey. But can you imagine if Bill Wilson had drank in June of 1938, the whole thing would have crashed and burned. And all those, all those peoples whose lives were changed so dramatically in the past 80 years wouldn't have had a shot at all. I think that's a hell of a story. We were just talking to Mr. William Schauberg, the new book he's written, Writing the Big Book, The Creation of AA. And Mr. Schauberg, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.